everyone good afternoon or good night whenever you're listening welcome to the first ever inaugural episode to franchise dressing i'm your host dylan field joined by my very good friend Devin hunt Woo! <laughs> and today we're gonna be breaking down all things moon knight now this is the first episode so what is franchise dressing all about Devin, you've been asking this all week. What the hell is this podcast that I'm making you do? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even. Why Why are we dressing now? Why yeah, are we dressing? Fill them so, in. Uh, franchise Dressing. This is a podcast dedicated to your favorite movies, TV shows, games, and comics with a little side of franchise dressing. But we're going to have a special emphasis on all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And mm-hmm. hey, maybe we're going to throw in the Sony side side universe oh, yeah. later on. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> Um, so before we dive into this first episode of Moon Knight that premiered this week on Wednesday, March 30th, I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to, you know, kick it off, talk about our own experience and background with Marvel. Uh, Devin, do you want to you head it off? Sure. I mean, uh, I've always been a big fan of just anything pop culture when it comes out there. I mean, I, I've been playing Pokemon since I was eight years old, and uh, when it comes to my Marvel stuff, uh, my first one of my first real trilogies of movies as a kid was the Sam Raimi trilogy. Same. And I would same. watch that, that I would watch those movies on repeat, like at least once a week. I mean, I know Spider-Man three has its problems, but as a, as a little, little seven year old black suit, Spider-Man, that shit was cool as hell. It was super so, cool. You know? was, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it the prequels, like when you're a kid, you don't like, oh, yeah. like, this is fantastic. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, you're like, this is, this is incredible. Exactly. This is exactly. Yeah. And I mean, uh, from there, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I've just always loved comics and stuff, um, big video game family and, and all such. Um, and then I guess I really started getting more into it, like more into the actual Lauren stuff in high school when I met Dylan, to be quite honest, because Dylan's one of my one of my very close friends and also my uh, my informant, all things comics. So uh, he, he put me on comiXology and all that shit. And so, that's you know, right. I've been I've been reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's kind of where my expertise comes. Um, and then, yeah, just, a, just a, you know, a massive fan of MCU and all that stuff. So, yeah. Comicsology. So Devin and I, we've known each other since what we met in 2014. Uh, 20, uh, yeah, it would have been 2014. Oh yep. my God. So we're going on eight, going on nine years. We were, I think 14 yeah. when we met. I was in. The- well, yeah, no, I, you, yeah, you were, yeah, we were fourteen. I forget because I, because I was, uh, I'm a, I'm a old boy, so I was fourteen. In, in you were in eighth grade. grade. I was a freshman in yeah. high school, and now <laughs> I've graduated college. Now look this is at your it. Senior year, we've almost been friends. Yeah, for 10 I gra- years. graduated in a month. <laughs> it's crazy, man. That time. That, that's how it goes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. Um, look, yeah. touching on my, I guess my background with Marvel. Yeah, you fill in, fill in. I think so just like you one of my first like initial movie going experiences where like you actually remember the movie was also mm. Sam Raimi's original like 2002 Spider-Man. Um mm. I think it just like the the extra like a, like larger than life depictions of the character that Sam Raimi did like there aren't a lot of comic book movies like I love Marvel I love all comic book movies yeah. to various degrees of extent but those that, that first one out <laughs> of the gate 
of course there was Wesley Snipes Blade, but like that was a rated R movie. Yeah. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. And oh yeah, it wasn't allowed. No, no, no. <laughs> I saw that at a later time. But I there's something like magical about it. But I think what's mm. really stuck with me, and not, I don't want to go into the negative too quickly, is that I had like nightmares of Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin growing up. <laughs> like he did such a good job at that character. Where literally, I would be. Because I saw it, I think I saw that movie way too young. I was probably only like four Oh, or five. I mean, I de- yeah, we definitely should have been watching that when we were kids. Like, I had, <laughs> yeah, I had a recurring nightmare of like, I would be in a graveyard and it would be Willem Dafoe and little like goblin minions like running around chasing me. And I would be oh, like, God. that was just like the cornerstone <laughs> of like my inner psyche. But speaking to like Marvel, like overall, like mm-hmm. in the larger mythos of what it is, I grew up. Like, of course, following comics. But when you're a kid, especially yeah. when you're younger, it's tough to like, where, what's the entry point? Like, where, like, where do you start? Oh, uh, so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. There's, cause there's so many different runs. There's literally decades, like over seven going on eight decades of so many different Marvel superheroes that I, I was collecting like the encyclopedias. It would be like the Spider-Man characters, A through Z of like every single like D-list, E-list character. I then expanded that into Avengers encyclopedias and the general Marvel encyclopedias. I'm going on like back home. I think I got like eight or nine just like stacked. I know up. you do. I've seen that bookshelf. It is, it's honestly, <laughs> it's quite, it's quite wild. And like I, looking at it like to a larger extent when I was maybe like t- nine or 10. So it was 2010, 2011. It was like my first time mm-hmm. going to Comic-Con and it was just this whole like, Oh yeah. I was living, breathing Marvel again, huge mm-hmm. fan of the games. I think later on we can talk about like, our own experiences with that, but the 2006 Marvel Ultimate Alliance, that was, oh yeah, that game had like every (laughs) single character and I had it on my PSP and that was actually my first introduction of Moon Knight 2 and other characters. Oh, there you go. All right. Which is, which is so fun. But since then, not only the Fox movies, the Sony movies, Mm -hmm. but of course with the debut of Iron Man in 2008, since then I have been literally to every opening weekend of a marvel studios movie trying to get that coveted like thursday 7 p.m slot but you know if if i'm seen on saturday (laughs) it's a bad weekend um (laughs) it's been a long week (laughs) yeah but what what devin would know too is that like later on as we've gotten older like moving out of our like our parents house like i am the coordinator of like hey this is the new marvel studios movies coming out i live in la devin's in new york when devin's in town it's like we're going to the chinese theater we're seeing it in imax thursday 8 p.m like that is like if you want to come, you can come, but like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not waiting around for a Sunday 4 p.m. slot. We are there, <laughs> packed, and two. Dylan's of my favorite, always got the tickets. Yeah, and two of my favorite <laughs> movie-going experiences were that Thursday preview for Avengers Endgame, which is incredible, and then yeah. just now with Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to break that down later on, but today we're oh, talking. Yeah, we, about, we will have to. We're talking about Moon Knight. Knight. I think this would be yeah. a great opportunity to to really hop into this first episode. All right, let's 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 dive in. Um, so Moon Knight, so Dylan, yes. So uh, what, first of all, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'd love to say thank you to uh, Marvel Studios and the Walt Disney Company for giving us four screeners in advance. Like, we're a brand new podcast. I can't believe that they gave us this, uh, four episodes. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, manifesting, Devin. I'm manifesting. <laughs> we're gonna get early press screeners at some point. <laughs> that would be pretty fucking cool. Be like, yo, we're talking about episode four right now. We're talking about episode you ain't four. Cut up? The normals haven't seen it yet. Thank you to Marvel Studios. No, we watched. I watched it at midnight <laughs> on Wednesday. Oh uh, yeah, you did. Um, I was so excited for the show to debut. They mm-hmm. announced it a few years ago. I think in 2019, 
D23. Yeah, that sounds about right. So they announced yeah. Kevin Feige went on stage at D23. He announced Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. Jennifer Walters, mm-hmm. a.k.a. She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. And when Moon Knight was announced, I remember exactly where I was in my junior year college dorm or college apartment. And I was freaking out because, like, Moon Knight is this super interesting character. We're going to yeah. go into his comic book origins, you know, after we break down the episode. Um, but... Let's just let's just dive in. We pulled this uh, episode yeah. synopsis from the Disney Press mm-hmm. website, so I'll read it out for you, Devin. Go for it. Um, yeah. When Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee, becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life, he discovers he has dissociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary Mark Spector. As Stephen slash Mark's enemies converge upon them. They must navigate their complex identities while thrust into a deadly mystery among the powerful gods of Egypt. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a, it really is a lot. If you're trying to pitch this to someone who's like, oh, yeah, has no context, that could be yeah, confusing. No, I, I, definitely. I mean, I was thinking like when when I first got told, like I had no idea who Moon Knight was before it got announced. If I'm being honest. And mm-hmm. I think the first intro I got was Moon Knight was like, marvel's batman yeah and i'm so glad you brought <laughs> that up because that is you look at them on like like a comic book page to a comic book page yeah. you see these guys dressed up like dressed to the nines and especially like the comic book depiction it seems like marvel studios yeah. is doing a departure but we haven't seen you know the full who is the, the really yes. the mark specter personality yet yeah but, oh yeah not yet and they've they've switched some of that stuff around too, which we'll which we'll get into. But, they they um, have, and so this first yeah. episode was written by so head writers Jeremy Sl- uh, Slater, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Mohammed Diab. I believe this is the yeah. first Muslim director in the uh, Marvel Studios mythos, which is super exciting. Um, I think you're right. Uh, and then we have uh, a, there's another director coming up for Blade later on who directed Mogul Mowgli, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but mm. we'll we'll circle into that later, but. Devin, yeah. let's let's break down the uh, the just the characters that we will talk about. Story, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got. I mean, we got to talk about obviously off the bat. We got to talk about Oscar Isaac's performance. Oscar, um, what he get from Marvel Studios? <sighs> Man's is killing it. Like, uh, it's his 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 ability to switch between the different personas and like even with the accents and whatnot is so well done. Um, and I love what they're doing with because making uh steven grant kind of the initial intro into it because it, it just sets up the weirdness of the entirety of the whole thing you know and uh it gives us such an interesting perspective into who mark is yeah and that is so you know i've read a few like moon knight solo runs yeah a lot of my experience with the character he's usually in a more on like ensemble setting where like he's with the avengers yeah. it's another team up book mm-hmm. but like for people like who've read him before the show the main personality when you think of Moon Knight, it's Moon Knight, aka Mark Spector, and that was yeah, that, exactly. That was that other personality mm-hmm. that you know he's got like the American accent. He's a mercenary. Yes. We're gonna learn mm-hmm. more about that character, I assume, yeah. going forward. I'm sure we will. Yeah. But what it? This is such a like refreshing take on the character because you're using yeah, Steve, this Stephen Grant personality, mm-hmm. who's also like. This is like a more like mild mannered, like he's a very nice, nice guy. Jeremy Slater, the head writer, described mm-hmm. him on Twitter as a cinnamon roll. Like he's so sweet. <laughs> and you gotta protect him. And Oscar Isaac, like again, a get for Marvel Studios. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite like working actors right now. Yes, he played Apocalypse in the X-Men franchise. We can talk about the X-Men movies another day. But <laughs> clearly that was they did not give him a script to work off of. And yeah. This is yeah. the first time. 
where a new like actor to, to Marvel Studios is also given an executive producer credit. So Oh, I didn't even know that. Tom That's Hiddleston awesome. got one for Loki and Scarlett Johansson yeah. had one for Black Widow. But you know, they mm-hmm. have like paid their dues. They've been yeah, in they... the MCU for <laughs> over a decade. So like that mm-hmm. is like a natural progression. But like this get yeah. of Oscar Isaac, I don't know how the courting process worked the courting process worked, but like he has elevated the show because Oh, definitely. I think he cares about the character a lot too, right? I, I feel like I've seen interviews of him where he's like, "Yeah, I love the comics for his character and shit like that." So I mean, he's definitely in it. And you can he's like you can tell he's got that that appreciation. I think he said it might have been like during one of their interviews, you know, doing mm-hmm. publicity for the show that this is like a real character study that we haven't seen since Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and the debut of the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, back in two thousand eight, and. Mm-hmm. What what I've been what I loved with this like this first episode this pilot, mm-hmm. this is already up there for my first like my favorite debut episode for a Marvel Studios Disney Plus show. Um, yeah, definitely. I think this is up there for me with Loki and, and with WandaVision yeah. with such a like strong mm-hmm. compelling start because you know like we are I I, I need to double check this might be the twenty sixth twenty seventh twenty eighth entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe including <sighs> yeah, Disney Plus at shows. This point. Yeah. Um, so I like I love the action, of course. Like I love the mm-hmm. fight sequences. Oh, oh, so great! But and it, it like they're they're doing the perfect level of Disney violence. And um, like like you, like they're killing people, but they're doing it in ways that you don't see it, but you know it's brutal. So like, okay, let's let's talk about that because this. <laughs> yeah, is, let's dive into that. They've never done this before. Where yeah, they're, they're using a Mark slash Steve's dissociative identity mm-hmm. disorder as this device where he's having these blackouts and he's like really trying to like understand like the nature of his own reality. It feels a little like yeah. Westworld, a little fight club Yeah, where he's not sure what's going on and he keeps blacking out. And so mm-hmm. his first blackout that the audience sees, he's trying to stay awake and then cut to he's waking up in the Alps and his jaw yeah. is dislocated. That was, Oh, like, it's so good. The, the way his face looked in that, I was like, wow, that shit looks crazy. Yeah, that was, that was, was so insane. good. And he's waving to the guy up in the castle. Yeah. And then they just start <laughs> shooting at him and we're like, and we're off to the get go. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I found online and you know, there's just so many like internet scoopers where like, they're trying to have like a headline where, Mm-hmm. You know they're, they're making up stuff where things aren't there, but a lot of people thought like in the Alps that that could have been like Doctor Doom Latveria, like this is our first oh. time. And I see it like just from like an aesthetic standpoint. I don't. I really don't think that's the case. I so in the comics, he, there is a storyline where he like he goes to Latveria. Like there's like I for, I don't exactly remember. I was reading it this morning. Yeah. Um, and he does have a weird run in with, with Dr. Doom. I agree with you. I don't think they just give it to us like that, but like, I can understand that connection in, in a, in a certain, in a certain way. Cause he does have a lot of, uh, connection. He does also work with the fantastic four quite often in the comics too. And with a character like Moon Knight who, um, you know, he's been around since, since the Mm seventies. Um, he, he's bounced around from team to team to team, but. So yeah. touching on this, this like DID and like how it's been impacting mm-hmm. him, the director of the show, Mohammed Diab, said that there was a, a scene that was almost cut that was his favorite, mm. like his favorite scene of the first episode, and that was Steve on the dates when he's at the steakhouse, and oh yeah, like touching on more like the dramatic elements of of this dissociative identity mm-hmm. disorder. He doesn't know that he asked out like his colleague, and so like he's, yeah, like, he's on the back foot, but he's still excited because. The way that they're mm-hmm. they're playing up the Steve Grant personality is like very nice, 
mild-mannered mm-hmm. sweet guy but seems kind of lonely like he's and a bit naive too because he just like accepts what it's coming at him yeah right? and I, I don't want to use the word pushover but like he's not there's that there's that juxtaposition from the little bit that we've yeah. seen of mark specter but yeah he he wants to go on that date he's talking mm-hmm. with okay i i into I, my first theory i'm jumping ahead but i'm excited is go for it let's just do it so he, he's had these steve has these few calls with his mom on his phone right <laughs> Yeah, and I my first thing we're like that's a flag for me. I'm I'm snapping my right. fingers right now because she's not picking up. She's not picking up. <laughs> two, we got. I think we got two options here. One, mom mm-hmm. doesn't exist. This is yeah, he, there's no one on the other too. end of that line. Mm-hmm. Or the mom is dead because if, if this mm. show is going to be following the trajectory of the comics, and this is like no spoilers, Devin and I don't know anything. Again, thank you though, Marvel Studios for giving us the first four episodes. It was huge. <laughs> But what I would not be surprised is Steve Grant is the personality that doesn't exist. Like this, the, yeah. I think he was born as Mark Spector. So like this is why I, he doesn't know anyone. He doesn't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. This is why. Well, that would make sense because the only one person he does call knows him as Mark, right through yes. the phone. And, and so that character's like, name was yeah. Layla. Is that correct? Yeah, Layla. I think. Okay. And there was another. There's another person in the phone. I don't remember. For, I forget what that one was. When he was scrolling through, it was like a doctor. That or was something, Duchamp, or a... I believe. So yeah. Oh, which is which is his best friend. Yes. So uh, when he's a yes, mercenary, okay. Frenchy Duchamp. Yes. We're gonna touch upon that character a little bit yeah. later on, but he's mm-hmm. one of the like um, pivotal supporting characters within within yeah. the Moon Knight stories. And so that was like a fun little tease for what we may be seeing a little bit later on. Um, okay. Now I just, yeah, that makes so much sense now. And then um, from a technical perspective with the DID, one thing that was really cool was the way that Mark was talking to himself. Steve and Mark were talking through the mirror, like that actual yeah, I technical love that. Yeah. aspect. And so I was reading online that the way that they did the effect was that Oscar Isaac, you know, as EP of the show, also the titular mm-hmm. character, he hired his real life brother to be the the photo stand-in so that they could composite in Oscar Isaac later. Yeah. And there wasn't like a ton of like over-the-shoulder shots with the reflection, but I thought that was a really clean visual effect. Um, mm. I know some people on online, speaking of the CG, they weren't like super hot with like the car chase sequence with like, you know, the tree trunks like falling and like some of the... Yeah, but, but yeah, it, it was fat. It, didn't, it, it really didn't bother me because... <clears throat> The hook of this pilot, um, and like going back to in the same mm-hmm. way of like Loki and with WandaVision, we're seeing something we really haven't like experienced yeah. yet in yeah. the MCU. And it's 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 cool. It's all the dark stuff. It's all it's, it's the, all it's, the dark stuff. Like tonally, mm-hmm. this is a very like dark character. There's a lot of concerns. Yeah. You know, there's people online when the show is announced I mean, where they're yeah. thinking they're gonna like Disney fy the show, right? And but like, it feels like they found a good middle ground. I, th- I mean, I like, really do. Can, I like, think so. And, yeah. you know, the Defenders shows, the Netflix Our, Marvel yeah. shows are now on Disney Plus here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and a few other territories. So I think Marvel is getting more, not like loose with the violence, but like yeah. they're, they're leaning into, you know, some more adult stories. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, the MCU has been around since, the two, since 2008. So like... The yeah. audience is aging up with some of this material. Yeah. Obviously, these characters are still for like all ages, mm-hmm. ideally. But I, this isn't yeah. not a show I would want to show like a seven-year-old cousin. Like I would show him. Spider-Man, no, it wouldn't make sense. But I wouldn't show yeah. him this. Show. It's also yeah. There's also like no mention of 
like superheroes mm-hmm. in it, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like a show that like, you know, you show a kid like you could watch, show a kid Iron Man and it's like he's a superhero. You get that. Yeah. This one, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It's I like, mean, we only get the costume in <clears throat> the last, like, yeah. the last sequence. Yeah, right? like, the, yeah. And, and in the last sequence, he be, he like destroys a dog. <laughs> yeah, like a, an Egyptian dog, very yeah, like Anubis-like yeah. design. Yeah, you touch on something that I'd, I'd love to talk about. That mm-hmm. um, there aren't like a lot of ties to other super like super heroics or the yeah. MCU connections. It, there, there was, I mean, I didn't, I can't think of one that was a direct connect to MCU. No. And. Um, Again, like being a huge fan, like I always try to get like new people into Marvel Studios. I think especially since the start of the pandemic, a lot of people are going back and like, hey, I want to finally start watching the MCU. Yeah. And so like I love pitching this to friends. And I think what Marvel's done on the whole very well in phase four is Mm -hmm. creating new entry points for new fans. Like they... People have yeah. you don't have to have seen Age of Ultron or Thor: The Dark World or the Ant yeah. Man movies or the Guardians movies to understand Moon Knight. You can just dive in right now, and it's a great like entry yeah. entry point into the MCU. I think they did that fairly well as well as Shang Chi, Eternals. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the other one. And so I, it was Eternals. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of elements of Eternals I really do. Enjoy, yeah, I understand. It's yeah, that's it's yeah. a mixed bag for some people. But th- mm-hmm. with with this new character, it's like. You can dive in right now, and you don't. You truly don't need to know anything about the comics yeah. to understand this character. Yeah. What's also great about it too is that it's it's, um, it didn't have any. What I thought was interesting was that there was no mention of the blip at all too, which because yes. like, and I don't know how I feel about that because it is such a global thing. Yeah, literally. That like, I was a little like, and it feels like they've just been sprinkling that in everything lately. So yeah. I, it was I was kind of surprised not to like have at least some bit of blip material, but also kind of relieved in a way because I was like, okay, I don't need everything to be about the damn blip. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> totally right. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier handled that fairly well in terms of like you know even the production yeah. design of like signs mm-hmm. in the background because it's like half the population in in, in the Marvel like continuity mm-hmm. now has come back. Like that is giant global worldwide mm-hmm. ramifications yeah maybe we'll see some elements of that in a few episodes yeah we can't spoil it because we've seen the other three episodes courtesy oh of yeah you know from the, from the screenings yeah but um <laughs> i i don't mind that because it just like again yeah i don't mind it either yeah. and um i was reading an article as well from the director uh what was he he was talking about something else but he mentioned that he's super excited for i believe episode four because they're like, I mean, they always do a big episode four in the end with these shows yeah. for whatever the hell reason. Um, but he says it's like a real big twist that makes you have to reevaluate the previous episodes. So, so, okay, I'm so really I saw curious. that and I, I'm going to touch upon that when we get into the comic books because yeah. they said it was <clears throat> very similar to the 2016 Jeff Lemire run, which was okay. – and that was when Mark was questioning like his own reality. The, the run starts where he's in a oh. mental asylum and he's like – he's literally – Oh, yes. So like it's like very like one flew over the cuckoo's mm-hmm. nest of like – Okay, is he actually crazy, or is he actually is the he vessel for this 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 like Egyptian god, god Khonshu? Mm-hmm. This is a, a good point to jump huh. into our second main main character in the show. Yes. I'd say Ethan Hawke. This is a, another yeah. giant get for Marvel mm-hmm. Studios. He went on record, you know, a few years ago. Because, okay, first of all, I, I my, like I I feel bad for like directors and actors who like aren't in Marvel Studios like projects Mm -hmm. let me rephrase this in the sense of like (laughs) press or journalists when it's like any random movie they ask everyone for like a soundbite or a quote of like what are your thoughts on marvel studios because they want that headline. and so it's like you know it happened to scorsese they did it to francis ford coppola recently it's like 
these guys aren't related to this. Like why, like, why you're just trying to like generate a conversation. I guess we're part of the problem because yeah. we're talking about it now. Yeah, I but know. <laughs> like said a while ago, like <clears throat> he wouldn't be yeah. interested in doing this, but you know, with Oscar Isaac as an executive mm-hmm. producer, one of the big stories that was floating before the show came out is that he, I think they met in a coffee shop and Oscar oh, pitched wow. him the show. And then Ethan was like, no okay, way. I'm in. That's cool. And so they, I think filmed part great. of the show, I believe in, I want to say Budapest. I may be getting that wrong, uh, but there's okay. like production photos of like paparazzi that I'm just jogging together, like just like <laughs> running, which is so cool because with the glass shoes on, of course. <laughs> oh my god, the glass! What a strong start. I think Ethan Hawke said that. Was yeah, like, what a it was crazy start. Because it's like, like, what's going on? I'm like, who's wearing these <laughs> these like it's, like? It's also a really bizarre uh because uh, you know typically you want to introduce your protagonist within your first ten minutes. Yeah, because that's how you know who the protagonist is. Yeah. And so to do to introduce what is essentially the antagonist mm-hmm. um, is really interesting, considering that we don't really know what the hell is going on with uh, Mark's Mark slash Stephen, right? Because yeah. it's like, it, who is he? Is he the protagonist? Is the antagonist? Is he like? Because he's he's kind of an anti-hero type hero, right? Yeah. So it's a very interesting way to set up the characters in that way. Is to intro them is to intro what is we believe to be the antagonist before anything else they, we don't get that a lot i think they may have done that yeah. a little bit they did wen wu and shang chi where they started with the villain yes. but we, you really don't mm-hmm. get that a ton uh at least yeah. at least with marvel studios like storytelling um but so mm-hmm. he so ethan hawk's playing arthur harrow who is this? It's a new iteration of this character. I was on his Wikipedia earlier. Truthfully, Devin, I've not read an Arthur Harrow story, <laughs> but um, in the comics, he's like uh, like a scientist who's actually got like ties to like Nazi experiments oh, that they did. But okay. th- it seems like they're changing this now, where he's like this religious zealot type. He's working yeah. on behalf of, I think he said Amit, which I yeah I looked up as the personification of divine retribution in Egyptian like, yeah. mythology. Which is cool. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and it's also. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, please. It's also interesting because they've they've done uh, the like cult things in the comics before, just not with this specific deity. Yeah, they've done like a couple of other ones, and they've also done uh, like other breakups of uh, the Khonshu like worshippers, yeah. basically, which is super cool. So I'm like really interested to see where they take that, considering that they're using an entirely new part of Egyptian mythology that hasn't been worked through within the comics before. Like in Mark is this like chaotic energy. Mark slash mm-hmm. D it's like this chaotic, like d- with yeah. his dissociative identity disorder. But Arthur mm-hmm. Harrow is like this calm, cool, collected, like kind of like yeah. cult like figure. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how mm-hmm. their dynamic evolves over the next five episodes. Yeah. I'm, I'm super curious if they're going to integrate. Cause um, there's a lot of stuff with Moon Knight where the reason that, uh, this is also another thing that I'm curious if they're going to if they're going to because the comics jump back and forth as to whether it's DID or it's like the literal like his brain being broken by the weight of the yes. deity that he holds within him yeah. and like how the deity has four aspects to it on its own yeah. that is and that's why he only ever has four uh, personas but there's also a part to the comics where he like realizes that Kanchu is not just like I, th- I want to say it's vengeance at first but he realized it's also justice mm-hmm. and like i'm curious it, i don't quote me this because I, I don't remember if it was vengeance but We're i know it's, it's like he moves from like yeah i know <laughs> he goes from like 
one far more hostile version of what Kanchu can be to a far more like peaceful meditative one mm-hmm. and not like entirely but like he learns like oh i can try and like help people instead of just like you know killing yeah, them. instead <laughs> of being like this and the, the quote yeah, of the fist yeah. of Kanchu, like beating the crowd yeah exactly um and i'm curious because the whole because uh ethan hawk's character his whole thing is uh eliminating the bad before they're allowed to be bad right like Can we you talk know, about that like, that old lady it's like what has she done oh yeah like, <laughs> he it, just murked her yeah, and it's like oh <laughs> you may do something like later in your life it's like I, I, she yeah. is on this is her dusk phase like how many yeah. more months does this poor <laughs> what more can she have? do like, what, I is, know. what is she really like, doing <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's like you, the story element like he's got to show the good guy the bad guy yeah him. it's like yeah. what's this poor lady doing is she like, <laughs> why did they use the old lady for she's it she's yeah, movies like, online she doesn't want to admit it <laughs> he, he was like he's like you gotta you gotta weed the garden would you weed the garden after the flowers are dead I'm like she's basically dead like you don't gotta weed her flower yeah. like she's fine yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm really curious if they're going to use that as a foil in that way. In like him realizing that he's not, that having Conchu in him doesn't make him akin to Arthur. It's just like a different, you know what I'm, yeah. you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it it's, I don't know. It's very interesting because it's, it's a, it's also a debate on like, when do you when do you prove innocence and guilt? I guess yeah. in terms of what they're dealing with, which the, will be that, interesting. That goes back to like the Project Insight from like Captain America: yeah. Winter Soldier, where they're like eliminating targets before they're even targets. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it gets by, into like the philosophy of like when when are you mm-hmm. guilty? Is this like do we yeah. do we even have free will? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to uh, yeah. jump into the next character. So Gus the sure. Fish. I think this was the best performance motion capture yet from Andy Serkis that we've had. You know, he was the fish in the aquarium. Uh, with doing the motion capture, I'm kidding. This is a he's not attached. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> the character he I was the one thinned goldfish. I was like, damn, was Andy, you know how to tank. move. He was in the tank. No, no, no. <laughs> the last character, so the voice of Conchu. We're, we're like speculating this is Conchu, but this is mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham. So very yeah. famous actor. The show that I like recognize him from more recently. He's been on the Apple TV Plus show. Um, Mythic Quest, and he's hilarious oh, okay. in the show. And like, I was listening to like, who's this voice? Like, I was like, why do I recognize him? <laughs> like, okay, Mythic Quest. And so, I think one thing that I love to talk about is how what I didn't expect going into this show was kind of the similarities of when Steve is hearing Conchu to how mm. in the Venom movies. I, I did not expect oh, yeah. like the Eddie Brock listening to Venom and like when mm-hmm. he's got the gold scarab in his hand and I I really have no yeah. idea where we're going to be going with that scarab no but clue. like he's doing that physicality where he's moving around mm-hmm. and like Conchu's taking over that's I don't think I'm sure it's happened in the comics and I just can't mm-hmm. remember right now but it was interesting like physicality take between like the like the actual like deity taking over yeah but what so what are your thoughts on one, the design of Conchu with that big skeletal, sure. like, VFX. Yeah, the big bird. And, in, in like, the um, depiction so far. Yeah, I mean, so I'm really curious as to whether, because it almost feels, I, I have a feeling that they're setting something up where, because it feels like Mark, Spectre, and Conchu have some kind of agreement on how they do things, mm-hmm. right? It seems like they know how to work together. Yeah. And then Steven is this third, like, almost like byproduct of of that he's, there, for he's the gentle reason. dandelion like yeah like, yeah yeah he comes back to you in the middle of a firefight like what's going yeah. on yeah and so i'm curious but it also kind of feels like because if conchu was controlling his body with the scarab when he was moving and it wasn't mark 
is Conchu a personality or is it like is is he like because in in the comics I don't really know exactly yeah. but it felt more like it was like something he a, a deity he communicated with who imbued him with like power and like brought him back to life basically yeah. like that was the only th- yeah like there wasn't like Conchu wasn't like in him I guess um, but it almost feels like Conchu is like has the ability to, to like literally control his body so it's like I'm curious at to what level they're gonna have Conchu integrated um, I agree with you it is funny it's it is like the Venom stuff and it almost feels to me like you know how uh, for like Deadpool in the comics he'll have like like it, his his the his voice sounds like how I had imagined like Deadpool narration to sound if that makes sense mm. like it has like this like yeah like this lower timbre that almost sounds like it sounds like a movie voice yeah oh yeah um yeah so I'm I'm and it there was like it it was a li- it's not like comedic but it has like he does do some like he's like come on like like you know he's yeah. like the idiot the, the, idiot, the body the idiot's back. <laughs> yeah yeah. And, you know, and he's, like, walking him. He's, like, walking away with the scarab and, like, moving his arms all over the place. And, like, I don't know. I, I'm curious if, because, like, they've set him up as, like, kind of this really creepy thing with, like, you know, the hallway stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But also as kind of, like, this almost comedic relief. Yeah. So and that's something I'm I didn't curious expect how they're going to take it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've read a run. And I might mm-hmm. be misremembering of, like, him, a conchu being, like, this more, like, kind of comedic yeah. element. So it's, it, it is going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I think Khonshu developed later on. I think once we get maybe more of Mark's backstory and the origin of like their relationship, because there, there are like elements sometimes when like other Avengers or other characters in the comics, like don't, they don't know if Mark Spector is full of it. Like, they think that, no, yeah, because isn't yeah they think he's insane. One of his like, but like he's he's a yeah, like the woman member, he like, has a thing yeah. with, like the woman he has a thing with doesn't believe him until like eight volumes in. Yeah, like like it takes her watching him die and come back to life for her to believe him. Yeah, <laughs> I it, think is this right? Yeah, and, and that's what's gonna be so exciting. Of like, I don't think we ha- we haven't had a protagonist yet. Maybe to a lesser extent, yeah. like a Hulk or mm-hmm. or like a Wanda Maximoff, but like an unreliable narrator, yeah. where like yeah. We, it, and we get to see Steve's POV of like uh, mm. Steven's POV of like him seeing Conchu, but it's because yeah. we're in his POV and like they'll do those yeah. hard cuts with the score and with like a, a camera mm-hmm. change. Conchu's gone in a second. It's like okay, whoa. Yeah, or like like the old lady that was in the elevator was like, "Why are you on the yes. ground? I'm looking like, for my contact." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and I'm I'm most because I'm also curious if they're integrating Conchu so much because also he's like he's in the comics, isn't he? But he's not like in every single one right it's kind of like he's like this deity character that pops up for he's like a like a guide for him almost i think he, he pops up here and there but he he does play a i'd say he's a pretty central force where sometimes they're working okay. in unison where like he yeah. mark is working on behalf of conchu and there's other times where yes. he's like f you there, I, I no longer yeah. like, i don't want to be like yeah your vessel anymore i want to have my own mm-hmm. free will and you see this dichotomy back and forth of like um in some depictions with conchu where the Egyptian mythology and those those characters they can't actually do anything mm. on Earth. They need a human vessel. Yeah, so because like, they're from the uh, the null void or whatever some, it was called. Or the, I'll, I'll have to double. Some, like, yeah, I'll have to double yeah, check. I but like the outside space, they and time can't thing. actually do anything on Earth. They need a human. Yeah. So even though Conchu is this like all powerful like like God, um, yeah, he still needs Mark, and so like because he needs yeah. him as the person, and and he's also imbued exactly. other people with powers going on. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, do you have any, what are your other like big points? Um, well, I'm thinking, uh, my, my question is now, as, as we've seen the way that the three characters, Mark, Steven and, and Conchu interact, 
I'm really curious if they're going to bring in the other persona. Yeah. Or the other the other two because there's the child right who's like his like like a little girl, um, and then there's the other one which is the taxi driver. Yes, which is but Jake, it almost feels Jake like Lockley. yeah. Yes, but in the comics also they have Stephen Grant being like the businessman that gets the money so that they can keep doing what they need to be doing, and then Lockley is like the informant on the ground he, who figures everything he's out. He's the right? ears on the ground where he's like yeah, actually get, like you know when you're this aloof <clears throat> millionaire, like you're not gonna hear like what's yeah. going down on the street, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Uh, this I think this is a good transition. Do you have any other like major yeah. points before we dive into the comics? Well, I, I'm just curious if if they're replacing Lockley with Grant. It feels like they swapped them, and I'm also curious if they're even going to bring Lockley in because now right now we have a great setup. We have two versions of Oscar Isaac, and then we have Conchu. Yeah. It's easy enough to, to to figure out which one is which, and bringing in a third would make it more difficult if it's just another Oscar Isaac, yeah. right? And so it's like. I'm curious if they've switched them or if they're going to like Lockley was a previous personality or like something like like it feels like they've because that's a pretty or if he's going to like pop up soon yeah. or like it's going to come out of him. Very if it, I'm just interested to see how they take maybe that. maybe episode four when like things start to really break apart where like Mark's yeah maybe Mark's own like psyche and his identity starts to fracture mm-hmm. even where we see these other personalities come through. But I'm curious because Steve Grant in the comics, he's like the Bruce Wayne, like he's the one. Yeah, essentially. The yeah. And I'm I'm curious if Marvel Studios has decided to, uh, you know, they've changed the Steve Grant personality mm-hmm. from comics to uh, the live action like depiction mm-hmm. because they wanted to make that difference. They didn't want to Maybe. like, OK, he's just Marvel's Batman. Yeah. And I, I think I mean, time will tell. I think we may see yeah. a little bit of Jake Lockley. But I don't. I don't know if we need him in season one because we're also going to. I get, don't know if we do. Really, Mister Knight too. I don't know how that's going to mm-hmm. play in. We'll t- we'll touch yeah, on because that, that one in the yeah. yeah, um yeah. I'm really curious and because uh, like it it also definitely seems like uh, maybe they've made Mark the millionaire and he, he's running from New York because yeah. it seems like he he had to leave so and he's working off a like a little like a burner he's phone got his Motorola now, like, Razor <laughs> and he has that key to what looks like an expensive lab or some shit right because it's like that's right where, where I, yeah, yeah. Okay, where, I, gotta, I gotta double check that it, yeah yeah i don't know and it had like that it looked like a tech logo on it and doesn't he own a tech company in the comics doesn't isn't that what stephen grant owns it's the it's the specter tech or something like that they, I, they there's been various like iterations of what that is but he i, I yeah. put him in the same category of characters like danny rand aka iron fist where it's like yeah who like owns yeah, they, a big company like, that does for, things for the purposes of story they have like these all these random like it's how is yeah. how is he getting to budapest well he's a millionaire why oh yeah stop asking questions um so i exactly that's yeah. something i gotta look into i think before we we yeah. dive into comics because we're talking about like mm-hmm. what's the, the the first theory that I was having is like with, with this mom mm-hmm. figure is she real is she not but yeah. where and again we're very early days with Moon Knight mm-hmm. but I know a few mm-hmm. people have asked him what would be next for the character obviously we don't know where the trajectory is going to end after this show yeah. one thing that I think Kevin Feige said or maybe it was Oscar Isaac is the, and they're mm-hmm. doing this more recently now they're not doing these giant nine-year contracts for these actors yeah. anymore and i think like for them to attract this like higher like a a triple a list talent mm-hmm. th- they don't want to be locked into like a 10-year contract where they have yeah. no like agency to do well i think like oscar's only signed on for this just season. this year he hasn't signed anything which is yet. very yeah. exciting because then 
we can see Moon Knight come into other shows when like maybe there's a script yeah. that Oscar's really like mm -hmm. this is fascinating. So he is he has been an Avenger in the he comics. I don't know exactly yeah. where. He's been a West Coast Avenger. He's too. been in that was yeah remember, after yeah. his debut in 1975. Mm -hmm. He was with the West Coast Avengers for a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. But he he is usually like this lone wolf. But there's one team yeah. in the comics that I think we're slowly but surely planting the seeds little by little. <laughs> Kevin Feige's oh, he's, planting he's in, the seeds. Yeah, which is none other than the Midnight Suns. Oh, the Midnight Suns. The Midnight Suns. So you've had so many different iterations of this, but. For people out of the loop, the Midnight Suns, I would say, are like a collection of darker kind of anti-heroes who usually have mm -hmm. more of a mystical, magical background, but they're going to yeah. do the things that the Avengers aren't going to. And so mm -hmm. you've had different various various like lineups, but um, I think what a lot of people really want to see would be uh, some version of Moon Knight. We've yep. now teased Mahershala Ali's blade with his voice yep. at the end of Eternals. Yep. Um, you could also, you could include Black Knight in that if you wanted yeah. to, if you wanted to. Which I want to be surprised. A lot of rumors speculating right now. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see a version of Ghost Rider in <sighs> Multiverse of Madness? So Ghost Rider is another factor. Yeah. People have thrown. Ghost Rider is where, yeah. Yeah, Ghost Rider... I want to. We can do a whole episode about Ghost Rider because yeah, very I and I, the, he he's worked with Moon Knight before. They've had one off. Yes. So because yeah, like Ghost Rider has been cursed by Marvel's version of the Devil. Yeah. And Moon Knight has. Yeah. Sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse mm -hmm. with conscience. So they have this similar dynamic of like being imbued yep. by another larger mystical being. Yep. You had Doctor Strange in there, and then you could also have Elsa Bloodstone, who's this monster hunter, where she's like she's oh. she's like super skilled at killing monsters. Think like Van Helsing, cool. like. Monster yeah, Slayer, dope. and we're we're getting this this team. So one thing that again, I, I we got no idea what's gonna happen, but all I'm going to say is just reading the trades. So I'm not gonna like re reading mm -hmm. anything from like the rumor mill right now. Yeah, the trades have <laughs> announced that Marvel Studios is developing a Halloween special, and I think they're yeah I think they're filming it right now, and it might even be coming out this mm. October. Um, and the lead is Gail Garcia Bernal for the show that people think is Werewolf by Night. Okay. So, and this is going to be um, potentially directed by famous music composer Michael Giacchino. Apologies, I may okay. be mispronouncing his last name, but th I think this is might be his his actual directorial debut, stepping yeah. out of the composer chair into the director's seat. And so, I think it's just going to be like potentially just like a one-off little short, but. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Like, and there's even a QR code in this episode when uh, Steve Four, Grant's yeah. talking to that little girl. His debut in the comics, which we're about to jump was into, in, yeah. was with Werewolf by Night. So, yeah, these seeds are planted for maybe, maybe we add in Werewolf by Night. There's also another mm -hmm. character, the Living Mummy, who is another character where, like, we're seeing like little. I mean, he's in an Egypt museum, so obviously there's mummies. Like, yeah, that's, that's just part of. <laughs> and the... he was like, "Oh, oh, and that works because remember, he goes up to the to the sarcophagus after she sticks the the stuff in the pyramid. He goes, something wicked in there, yeah. like, mm? so, so there are a lot of of like angles that they could be taking this. But what is exciting oh, yeah. for me is that we're we're back to ground, like we're back to square one it, with phase four yeah. of like, I don't need. The giant multiversal secret wars. Yet. Yeah. Like we can like just get yeah. these like one off like little like groups of people. I don't need yeah. the giants. 
every single person and their grandmother mm-hmm. in the MCU just We're yet. getting Daredevil back a bit. It's a, it's, we're getting, it's, it's their version of it. And like, they brought it back. So they're like, oh, here you go. You have all of it. Yeah. Now. All the, all the, <laughs> almost know? all the toys are back in the chest. I, I think we're going to get Daredevil Moon Knight crossover too. Oh my God. I really so do. Cause excellent. there's, cause they're in the comics. Uh, Daredevil gets possessed by the beast, which is the hands, whatever we yes. call it. They're, they're the deity. They and Moon Knight helped deal with that. He gets he like because what's really interesting is while Moon Knight is possessed by a deity, he there's a lot of comics of him dealing with demons. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I would not be surprised if we saw that or like if they bring Daredevil back like they used to bring in like the one off episode with Luke Cage or the one off episode with Jessica Jones. Like, if we got Daredevil and just had a one-off with Moon Knight, I would so not be surprised. And, like, I would be very happy and not surprised. <laughs> Imagine Charlie Cox, Oscar Isaac. What a powerhouse duo. Oh, it'll happen. Um, any mm. last-minute thoughts on the first episode before we dive into the comic book backgrounds of the character? Um, are we gonna? Are we doing uh, predictions at the end or are we doing them now? Because I have one Give me, prediction. Let's do the prediction. I'm, I'm all ears. Okay. The, I think... I think it's, I it's it's it would be the most Disney move, and I think they're gonna pull it. I think the next episode is going to be from Mark's perspective. Mm, like we I start that episode again, straight into Mark's POV. Yeah. It's gonna be basically the same thing. Yeah, that it's gonna be episode one, but from the other side, which will be cool. It will be great. Is it a little campy? Yes, but I think that's what we're gonna get. Yeah. Um, I'm down for it. I'm su- I like it'll fill because because what they set up is they set up the goldfish thing. The yeah. thing like why is the goldfish, the goldfish different? It's the name of the first episode, and they're yeah. going to explain it in the next episode. They have to. They can't just like they, like. I mean, maybe they won't. Maybe it, it would be incredible if they didn't, and they left that for like further down the line or something. But it's Disney, and I can only see them being like, okay, we've set this up. Pay off now, you know. Um, I hope so. That's my. I hope we <clears throat> let that sit for a little bit, but I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah, right. I we're gonna have to very quickly. It's only six episodes. We're gonna re, we're yeah. gonna have to get quickly into Mark Spector, mm-hmm. him in Egypt, how yeah. to use powers. Yeah. But speaking yep. of Egypt, let's dive in yeah. to yes. to the character. <laughs> so okay, Moon Knight uh, debuted in issue number thirty-two of Werewolf by Night in nineteen seventy-five. Devin, mm-hmm. I know you're like, oh, man, Dylan, I wish I could read this issue. Well, you can because Marvel Studios did this really <laughs> unique thing where they put the QR code Super in cool. the episodes in the museum. When he's speaking to the little girl, you can scrub through. And if you scan the QR code, you can actually be taken to a website. They're promoting Marvel Unlimited, their online subscription, which is mm-hmm. honestly, if you if you want to dive into Marvel, we're not being paid by Marvel. This, they're not sponsoring these episodes <laughs> yet. But <laughs> but uh, Marvel Unlimited is also it's a great like service if you want to like dive into characters. It's yeah. twelve bucks a month as opposed to like paying for whatever. But that was Werewolf comics, by yeah. Night in nineteen seventy five. He was created by writer Doug Munch, artist Don Perlin, and he began as like mm-hmm. this antagonist to Jack Russell, aka the Werewolf by Night, who we're going to be yeah. seeing later on in in Marvel Studios. Um, but in, this is a classic Marvel trope where it's like, how do you introduce a new character? Well, this is what you do. Yeah. You have them beat up the, the titular character of the, the story. To show that they're a tough guy. They did this with Black yeah. Panther, with the Fantastic Four. Hulk and Wolverine. Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is how you show, okay, you're not messing around. He can beat up the Someone stronger. <laughs> and so following that same line of logic with the tropes, they fight. He's, uh, Moon Knight's got the upper hand. It's like, man, who's this guy? He's so interesting. And then they realize that the larger evil organization that paid 
Moon Knight to go beat up Jack Russell. They team up yeah. and they fight the evil organization. Yeah. But what was so interesting is that like fans are like, who's this guy? Like great, the way he was designed, people were very attracted to. So after 1975, he started teaming up with other characters. Obviously, he teams up with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He teamed up with yeah. um, the comics version of the Defenders. So not like the the Daredevil and the Luke Cage and the Jessica Jones. But th- this depiction mm-hmm. is... Um, Namor, the Submariner, uh, Hulk, yeah. uh, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange. So he teams up with them. He also teams up with the West Coast Avengers. But people are loving this guy. He gets a few like one-off like back issues. Mm-hmm. Like you're you you know you're buying like a Hulk comic, and in the back there's a Moon Knight story that's really generating all this buzz. Where in yeah. 1980, once again, writer Doug Munch, now with artist Bill Sienkiewicz, created his definitive origin. Uh, so this was in Moon Knight number one in 1980. And this is where we learn about this Mark Spector guy. We've been hearing like yeah. his character with the American accent in the show. But he's an ex-CIA operative turned highly skilled mercenary. He's a hired gun who finds himself yeah. in the Egyptian desert for a job. When we meet Mark, he's not a really good guy. Like he's doing like these are shady mm-hmm. jobs. Clearly yeah. like not very like morally yeah. sound. And he's, he, he gets kicked out of the military. Uh, yeah. He gets, uh, he gets yeah, booted. He, he's yeah. like, I think, believe for, he's for like his, dishonorably for his discharged brain. or something like that. Yeah, because, yeah, I think uh, he starts developing his, like, DID stuff as a kid, um, which which also goes into, like, whether Conchu had chosen him earlier. Yeah. That's, like, a whole thing in the comics. Um, and so he, he joins the military, and he lies on his form and says he has no medical issues and then they then he gets found out and they boot him they get fascinating i did not okay I'm yeah so that's that up yeah um so yeah he he's had like when you're the skilled hired gun but you also have this associative identity mm-hmm. disorder now it's like okay there is a push and yeah. pull here of someone who's questioning his reality but he's also really good at <clears> killing people mm-hmm. that is a little scary yeah so he's in the egyptian desert and he's being hired by this guy raul bushman and yeah. head writer of the show, Jeremy Slater, was asked, like, how come you're not doing Raul, Raul Bushman? And what they said is they, at least in the comics, they felt like that depiction may be a little too similar to Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, where we don't want to see something uh, similar. So they wanted another yeah, just they wanted really to mix brutal. it up. Yeah. But in the comics, Mark eventually confronts Raul Bushman. He realizes the error mm-hmm. of his ways. And they get into this big firefight. And Mark is left to die. And he's crawling in the Egyptian yeah. desert. And he eventually gets to the foot of an Egyptian tomb of this Egyptian yeah. god, none other than Khonshu. And yeah. so Mark dies at the foot of the tomb, or so he says. People aren't sure, is, the, is mm. he actually full of it? But according to the, the original 1980 run, he's resurrected, he's given now newfound strength. Sometimes in the comics, mm-hmm. his strength is like um, amplified based off where the phase yeah, of the moon the, is. The phase, yeah, there was like a, he gets given that power, and then he has a thing with Khonshu where he like, gets mad at him and like that he decides he doesn't want to be moon knight anymore and then that and then after that point he no longer that's no longer ever written to the comics that he gets increased strength from the moon so it's supposed yeah. that like country took that away because of that it's it's a it's a weird power they get, that, like, they, they get loosey-goosey <laughs> like, sometimes like the moon. it depends on yeah <laughs> it depends on the, the character yeah but i think Devin, of course he's got like that lunar based strength sometimes but his yeah. real power is gaslighting mm-hmm. himself uh, <laughs> um, no, that's no, I'm kidding. But um, so he so now he becomes the vessel of Moon Knight. They call him the Fist of Conchu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he returns back to the states, now he's Mark Spector in Moon Knight. But yeah, he's been suffering from this dissociative identity disorder, mm-hmm. like we've been talking about all episode. 
Um, and he's got four primary personalities. You got mercenary yeah. Mark Spector, who's, you know, he's the killing machine, ex-CIA operative, um, now a hired gun. There's also millionaire Stephen Grant, still Mark Spector, but now Stephen Grant in the comics. He's not like this mild-mannered gift shop like clerk. He's a millionaire mm -hmm. funding the operations, but he's also the yeah. third personality is cab driver Jack Lockley, this ear to the ground. But then you also have Moon Knight. And mm -hmm. if if you really want to dive into some more recent comics, I understand some people have like that hesitation. They don't want to dive into this the original OG stuff from like the 80s. Yeah. Two runs that I recommend. Number one is Warren Ellis's run from 2014. And that's where we get this new offshoot personality of Mr. Knight. So at this point yes. in the comics, um, vigilantes were outlawed. So he couldn't go running around yeah. the streets as Moon, as Moon Knight or else he'd be arrested by the police. So he, instead, he becomes this consultant. He's in this dapper, all-white Yeah, suit. he becomes like a detective, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, like some of the cops are like, who is this guy? Like, what? Well, we can't. This is Moon Knight. They're like, oh, no, no, this isn't Moon Knight. This is Mr. Knight, our consultant. Mm -hmm. And there's this great line from the 2014 run. It's like, why is he wear all white? And they say, because he wants them to see him coming. Which is like, yeah, which yeah. is crazy. And the way, and I am, mm. I have to look it up afterwards, but the artist who's attached to the mm -hmm. Warren Ellis run does some phenomenal artwork of like, there's this sequence when he's like, cat, he's trying to rescue this girl from this apartment building of like, it's like filled with criminals and he's beating the crap out of them. But the way they do the artwork, it feels like you're looking at like a beautiful, like directorial shot list of like, they're doing the action <laughs> and it's compelling, it's kinetic, it's visceral. Cool. Following Warren Ellis's run, Jeff Lemire did a run in 2016 where he's in this psychiatric mm. ward and it's questioning his own reality. Is he actually this vessel of Khonshu or is this all in his mind? And I think we're going to be getting elements from both of these runs, the 2014 yeah. and the 2016 run, that's going to be major influences for the show. Mm. So if, if you want to dive in, then those are the two runs that I recommend. Mm. And overall, that, I think that's a pretty good top line of who the character is. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty right to me. We're gonna we're gonna dive um, into supporting characters later on as we get as we're introduced yeah. to them in the show. But but yeah, mm -hmm. it, okay. Talking about Moon Knight, the character, the show, the comics. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts that you have about Moon Knight? Um, I think just the biggest thing, the most, the most, one of the most compelling things to me is how many different characters they could have interact with Moonlight. Um, I mean, it's even to the With point Barry where Jenkins there is Moonlight. a... Moonlight. It's crazy. Like, they're going to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Yeah. With Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Um, like, there's even a comic where he's trying to find a new vessel for Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes to Peter Parker. Wow. Okay. Wow. And he... Uh, yeah. And he tries to, like, get Peter Parker to take on Moon Knight. And Peter Parker's like, yo, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like... I don't know. There's a lot of opportunity there in terms of his character and where they and who they who they could have him interact with. Um, yeah, I I think that's gonna be super interesting. And I think now that we've spoken about uh, the Moon Knight persona as well as the Mister Knight persona, I think they're going to condense those. And I think not like condense them as in like, I think they're going to like treat it as Mark Spector can make the costume look like either one of those and. You know, I feel like it, I feel like that's gonna happen. That, there, but that's I, a I don't great know. closing thought because what I want to do research on mm -hmm. for the next time, he the suit at least what we've seen in promo, comes out of like, him comes out of him. Yeah, I have never seen that before. Yeah. Maybe that is a common thing, but you don't usually see him yeah. suit up. We do see him suit well, up as Mister Knight, but 
Yes, but in, in the comics, it's 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 more practical. It's like he wears like a like a bulletproof yeah. vest and like the cloak. Well, the the cloak that he has in the comics, he because he um he when he gets to the statue of Conchu the fir- when he first dies, um he gets to the he actually like from what I read, I might be totally botching this, but he he gets to the town where the statue is and like collapses and the people bring him be- before the statue. Yeah. Yes, and he comes back to life. And he's like, I am now the hand, the left hand of Contra, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell. And the cloak he gets is on the yes. statue, and he grabs yeah. it. And so it's far more practical in that way. And he just wears that with, like, literally, like, a, basically a vest and, like, yeah. like some weapons. And then he gets, like, he, he gets, like, moon weapons from, He's got, moon, like, who. lunar rays that are similar to Batarangs. Yeah. He's got a crescent-shaped, that, but like, he gets, board yeah. or, a, like, helicopter. This is where, like, yeah. the Batman comparison comes in, where it's... Well, there's the helicopter thing. It's, like, yeah. that's the, the moon copter or whatever, where he, like... And he, he needs... he Doesn't he need uh, Duchamp to pilot it? Or, like, that's why he keeps yes. him around? Yes, Duchamp, like, like, very, like, yeah. A-team. Like, he's the go-to expert yes. pilot. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I it's it'll be really interesting to see because it definitely seems like they're making it mystical, which I guess makes sense because it eliminates his need to like have all these like no more Duchamp. He doesn't need that character. You don't need these extra characters, mm-hmm. and they can simplify it down a little bit. Um, but I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see how they do that. Like, is is he is? Hmm, we'll see. We will I see. I think yeah. that wraps up the conversation for Morbius. Uh, ooh. <laughs> that, oh, wraps up, oh, that's, oh. That's now. <laughs> that wraps up moon Knight episode one dev and i will be back for moon Knight episode two yeah but um as before we close things out we're just gonna do a quick like top line the big news you know within the world of franchise franchise dressing so if what i what i want to circle back circle to now is you know martin scorsese's got a quote where you know, Marvel movies are like roller coasters. And this is your X3. This is your triple X. This is the, the most crazy, insane roller coaster of them all. None other than Sony Pictures Morbius. And Morbius. we're in an auspicious week. We just had the Oscars and Morbius just came out. Coincidence, Devin? I think not. I think this is our first early out of the gate nominee for next year for best picture right here. Jared Leto Morbius. So oh yeah, we're, we're going to talk about Jared. this. I'm still going back and forth. I got a cognitive distance. Like, do I want to see this movie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, do I go? Do I spend? Hey, it's expensive living in I New York think... and LA. It's like, do I want? Do I... <laughs> what do I? What am I gonna do? Do I, do I spend the twenty dollars to go watch fucking? Morbius? We're gonna talk about it later. <laughs> but what we can talk about is the cold facts. So today is yeah. April second. So yesterday the movie had. It opened Thursday previews. It grossed seventeen point two million. So it's doing mm-hmm. it's doing pretty well for Sony. I think yeah. right now they're projecting a forty million dollar weekend for opening domestic mm. box office. So time will tell. I think this was a cheaper movie yeah. than like a, a Venom or a Venom Let There Be Carnage for Sony. Oh yeah. It, so they're saying yeah. the movie cost around seven seventy five million before advertising. So okay, they may be able to actually make a profit on this. I maybe yeah. You know what? We're, we'll talk about Morbius later. If you want to look up the post credit scene, the the director literally tweeted yeah. about it before the movie even came out. Yeah, very interesting marketing, if you ask me. But yeah, know, weird. They did the same thing with Venom: Let There Be Carnage, where it's the insane like yeah. Spider-Man crossover, and like yeah, I don't know. we'll we'll talk about it later. I, but yeah, we'll talk. They took it out of Morbius. They took the Spider-Man crossovers, like some of them, out of Morbius too. I don't know if you were reading yes. about that. Yeah, like, it's. Like I don't, you know, uh, it's 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 very. I'd love strange. to have a full conversation about it later. The other big yeah. news, uh, well, actually, before we talk, uh, just quickly about 
the Academy Awards is uh, Nova mm-hmm. was actually announced to be developed by Marvel Studios, a writer. Um, oh, yes. Me, um, I'm going to give this guy his due diligence. Uh, but it is a Moon Knight writer. Um, here it is right here. So Marvel Studios is developing a Nova project, and they actually name-dropped mm-hmm. Richard Rider, who's the original Nova in the comics, by Moon Knight writer Sabir Pirzada. So I think he's he was in the cool. writer's room with Jeremy Slater, I'm pretty sure. They haven't confirmed if this is going to be a movie or a show, but they did say it's most likely mm. going to Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah. Whole thing about Nova later on, but he is like the space cop. Mm. He's kind of the Green Lantern-esque yeah. character for the Marvel mythos. He doesn't make constructs, mm. but he does have energy blasts. Yeah, and he's got the helmet. And he's got the helmet that gives him <laughs> the powers. What we yeah. haven't seen in Infinity War was when Thanos got the Power Stone, which was the and that led yeah. to the destruction of Xandar, and that all happened mm. off screen. Infinity War starts in media res, right in the middle. So maybe they're going to go with that. I think there's also his legacy, like uh, mentee, which is Sam Alexander, yeah. another awesome yeah. younger, newer um, legacy character mm-hmm. introduced in the last like decade and some change. Um, so I'm excited to see what we do with Nova. Nova is literally one of yeah, the biggest I'm- characters that Marvel hasn't touched yet. So time will tell. Last thing before we close it out, what were the movies that you saw that won Oscars? Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I, Dune sweeping so much was interesting Mm -hmm. to me. I, I get it. Like, I'm not surprised to be quite honest. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean like it felt weird. I don't know if there were other movies that I think could have won the cat, some of the categories that they won. And it made the Oscars a little more boring in that sense because they were just winning everything. Um, so in, in terms, terms of, yeah. I'd love to hear a take. Like, were there, do you, what categories? Because it won six Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, primarily um, the technicals, um, which included. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, so they won cinematography, guess, like, like, they won film editing, they won original yeah. score, they won sound, uh, visual effects, and production design. Um, yeah, I mean, I could have seen production design going to somebody else. I could have seen cinematography going to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and then in terms of best picture, yeah, massive. There were so many ten, movies ten in that mo- category. Yeah, oh, let me. I'll just quickly. Read um, so it was Belfast. Yeah, Coda. Don't look yeah. up. Drive mm-hmm. My Car. Dune. King Richard. Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley. The Power of the Dog. And West Side Story. Yeah, and in my and when I look at that list. I do see a lot of movies that I'm like, I don't know which one of these actually deserves it. Yeah. Because they're all like, they all have their issues. And I guess in that sense, because of that, it makes sense. Coda one, because it's the safest. It doesn't have like, like Nightmare Alley is great, but it also is really long and grueling. You know, Um, Dune is already winning so much and it's a great movie, but I don't know if it deserves best picture. You know, like West Side Story definitely didn't deserve best picture. Hot take. It's It's my favorite of the 10. Yeah. I love West Side Story. I know, understand everyone loves the uh, the original. The original is fantastic as well. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I I hear you and you get into an interesting conversation that maybe we can touch upon later on about, like, what does it mean to deserve? Mm deserve a best picture yeah exactly yeah because like, it comes down to yeah. like going into it mm-hmm. there was two big two that like it seemed like based off momentum and awards that it was either power mm-hmm. the dog or Coke. yeah and i think that was based off momentum yeah. of the pgas and the director's guild yeah. and the critics choice and baftas mm-hmm. and people love power and power the dog didn't win as much it only won uh power what, the dog like won um directing so jane campion won her first yeah. Uh, her second yeah. Oscar, but her first. This is now the third woman in history to win for best director, which is yeah. incredible. I think cool. the direction is amazing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in love with the story. 
Um, and yeah. I believe they also won. Didn't they win screenplay or something? Or they had one of the actors win. I can't remember. Wait, is that? I'm double checking. Is that I'm all they got? Work. They only got. That was the one. Yeah, that was the only one that they won. Because um, yeah, uh, you know, it, adapted screenplay also went to doing sweep. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's that. I remember that yeah. one. Um, I don't know. It was just. Uh, it was just. A, it was a coming of age movie that was like good, and like cool but like i felt like i'd seen it before <laughs> I, I hear you you know I, I hear what you're saying yeah i, I think yeah. i really do love coda it wasn't my favorite by a stretch i'm gonna quickly read yeah. off i've ranked my 10 so i, so okay, I saw all 10 um yeah this is how i felt and i i don't appreciate the west side slander but it's okay to each their own <laughs> but number one for me was west side story i thought it was phenomenal okay i thought it was like a technical i, I thought it was just like the from the screenplay that was adapted by Tony Kushner to Spielberg, I thought it was at the top sure. of his game in a long time. Like I thought it was fantastic. Sure. Nightmare Alley was number two for me. I saw that one with you. Okay, I, that's a yeah, divisive yeah. film. And I, it's yeah, a divisive film, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. For me, Dune was number three. And I know again, okay. also not everyone was hot on it, but I think that movie is a technical yeah. achievement. Yeah, it is a definitely a technical achievement, and that's why I think like maybe that one deserved it more. But, they but there's a part two, so, so maybe we're gonna see the part two. Yeah. But I th- the yeah, biggest snub yeah. was clearly Denis Villeneuve not being nominated for Best Director. Because when you have yeah. – you're sweeping these technicals, he's the man in charge, mm. like literally helping make these decisions with the department heads. Like he was yeah. there since the beginning, arguably a harder screenplay to adapt than Coda. Like that's a – that is yeah. a dense book. and Oh, yeah. And it's a sci-fi book, which is uh, – uh, so, so much content. Very accessible. <laughs> So then moving on, yeah. number four for me was Drive My Car. I really enjoyed that. Five, King Richard. Mm-hmm. Six was Coda. That doesn't mean I didn't love Coda. I really enjoyed Coda. But yeah, exactly. But there's these other movies that I like better. Then I put mm-hmm. um, Licorice Pizza. Then The Power of the Dog. Yeah. Number nine was Belfast. And ten was Don't Look Up. Maybe yeah. I could move up Licorice yeah, I, Pizza I, or Belfast. I don't know. Like, No, I, I agree with m- most of that yeah. list. I mean, like... It, it was just like don't look up being in there too was weird like i get it like it was an all-star cast and like it was a big budget thing like big big take i guess yeah, i mean it but won at the wga also a weird for original one. screenplay but it didn't win anything here yeah yeah and like it was also nominated for editing i think right and i was and yes it, it was, i was like okay i guess it was just really long <laughs> i was like okay yeah. Um, so I, we, I, we've gone long, um, <laughs> yes, we have, but no, it's okay. Um, which is a, okay. Next week, we're going to be breaking down moon Knight episode two and episode maybe two? little, maybe just, maybe just maybe we're going to stop by and have a conversation about our friendly neighborhood, Dr. Michael Morbius, mm, our friendly neighborhood, our vampire. friendly neighborhood, vampire. <laughs> the living vampire starting next living week. Vampire. If you want to reach out to Devin and myself, if you have a question about movies, mm-hmm. Marvel um, franchises in general, email us at franchise dressing at gmail.com. That's F R A N C H I S E dressing D R E S S I N G at gmail.com. Bring us a question, and we'd love to respond at the end of the show. And maybe, just maybe, uh, we'll get to your question. I realistically, Absolutely. we will. If you email in, we will respond. <laughs> yeah, realistically, you will. You might be w- w- the only question. Who knows? Who but knows? please send one in. Yeah, we're hoping for more than one. Just send it, please. Well, as we wrap <laughs> things up here, Devin. Um, yeah. I want to say thank mm-hmm. you for this first episode. I'm very excited because we actually get to like nerd out oh, about so these much things. Fun. And 
there's so much more to discuss. Doctor Strange is coming out. Tickets mm-hmm. are going on sale this Wednesday, April 6th. I know. 6th. You've, been, you've, been buy, you've been sniping them. You've been buying I'm, them up. I'm ready. I'm going to be <laughs> on there with my hair trigger ready to go. <laughs> uh, so as we as we depart, the last thing I want to leave this first episode of franchise dressing is later gators. <laughs> all right, that's it. We oh, out. That's it. Okay, and that's a wrap. Thanks all. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> See ya.